Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Ryan was traded to the Colts. For a third-round pick, Atlanta pays the money. The Colts give up a third-rounder, but they got a better third-rounder in the trade when they traded Carson Wentz to the Commanders. So basically what happened is, this is some good GMing in in Indianapolis. Key, they basically said, we're going to trade Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan and move up in the third round, move up in the draft. That's a pretty good – that's a pretty neat trick. No, it is. I was telling – that's what I told Evan the other day when it first happened. I said, essentially, look at it this way. They swapped one bad quarterback for a good quarterback, and they was able to move up in the draft and get a higher pick. And, and, and a year ago when they did this deal for Carson Wentz, I would have said, no, go get Matt Ryan in a heartbeat. Yeah. Carson Wentz had a great bounce-back season to me, except, Jay, when it mattered most. Look, man, I, I just I, – I've been trying to tell people before, like, I am not I, – I hear that Carson Wentz had a decent year. I hear every time Dan Orlovsky come on our show or any other program on ESPN, he is raving about how he thinks Carson Wentz could be the answer. I just – Matt Ryan is the answer to me for the Colts. Like, yeah. I, my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my entire family watch the Colts on every single weekend. They live it, they eat it, they talk about it. Carson Wentz didn't have the answers when they needed it the most, and it just feels like you trust Matt Ryan, Matty Ice in those situations. A lot of people who know a lot about football think the same thing. Key thinks it. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, said this. This turns them into a playoff team. Uh, I'm happy for Matt Ryan, who, you know, was obviously in a very challenging situation the last few days with Atlanta pushing back his roster bonus. I think this is the best possible outcome for him as well, and I think it makes the Colts a very fascinating squad. So, Key, we agree that it's a win for the Colts, right? Win, win. Win, win, because it's a win for Matt Ryan. It's a win for the Colts. Is it a loss for other teams? Did the Giants, did the Commanders fill their quarterback needs too quickly, Key? I I think based on the timing, yes. Um, I I think they could have waited. I mean, you know, it's it's so weird because if you wait, a few weeks, maybe a month, like 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 what's happening now, do you lose out on the guys that you got or do you land them still? You know, it's 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 kind of tricky. But in the end when wait, you wait, break hold on, it, stop. you're saying like if you if you wait too long, you might not even get the guy that you got? Yeah, it's kind of tricky, but if you say to me is Matt Ryan better than the quarterbacks that landed in all these other places? My answer to you would be yes. Is it is 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 Matt Ryan better than Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor? Yes. yes. Is Matt Ryan better than than Mitch Trubisky? Yes. 
Is he better than Carson Wentz? Yes. Is he better than – well, Jameis – the difference is Jameis can't – he wouldn't – you wouldn't be able to trade him in the division. But he is better than all of those quarterbacks. I mean, he's young. He's older. So it's – but as far as a better quarterback, if somehow Atlanta could have got – New Orleans could have got him, I would have taken Matt Ryan over a banged-up Jameis Winston. But that wouldn't happen because of the division. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the Denver Broncos situation, Denver, in my opinion, and I could be a hater or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> they're not playoff Super Bowl contending team to me. And I don't think Matt Ryan could have helped them. Hell, if people thought that Aaron Rodgers couldn't help them, I know Matt Ryan couldn't help them, but Matt Ryan could help the Indianapolis Colts. Russell Wilson could have helped the Indianapolis Colts. Aaron Rodgers could have helped the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Like Broncos are farther away than the Colts, right? Yes. So they need a better quarterback. And let's right. not forget that we, we, the way we were talking about Jonathan Taylor last year was in the MVP conversation. I know the last time a running back has won it has been a long time, but I mean, you combine that with, with some of their position players, man, they, they had the talent. Well, it's nice that we're talking about the Broncos and the Colts, but. Uh, don't care. I, all I care about is the effect on the Giants. That's what I want to know. I want to go back, right back to the Giants. Key, he's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones or or uh, uh, yes or uh, Tyrod Taylor, right? Yes. But he is old, and Daniel yes. Jones as a young quarterback now with Dable, like you want to see, is he going to be worth a second contract? What would that look like? Can he get it together? Because he would seem to me to have more upside. And Tyrod Taylor, you know, I, I think he, you know, he's one of those key where you nothing good ever happens for him, right? But he can play. He he certainly can play. The, the here's how you play with the Giants deal, right? The Giants deal, you only target Matt Ryan if you moving on from Daniel Jones, and you say to yourself, "I'm going to draft a guy." in a year or two, and Matt Ryan becomes that bridge for that guy. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you move on from Daniel Jones. Otherwise, you try to get a, a reclamation project together with Daniel Jones to kind of hope that he turns into a 75% of what Josh Allen was able to do under Brian Dable in Buffalo. I see the calculation. In other words, Matt Ryan is right for a team that needs a quarterback – but not a whole lot else. Then he can be the guy to, to steer the ship. Giants are far away. Don't need that. You know, <clears throat> Commanders aren't right there. Even the Broncos to key are not right there. They need a little extra at quarterback. Russell Wilson, so you pay a little more. But damn, Jay, a third-round pick, and you don't even have to pay the dude because Atlanta's paying him? Woo, it'd be nice to just need a quarterback and land him, which is what happened in Indianapolis. But the Giants are far off from that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – I, I – just as it relates to the Giants, man, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is it. I don't. And I, I know that we're going to try to, you know, make it look different. And I know a year under Brian Dable we'll get a chance to have answers. And I hope, I pray that I am wrong. He ain't even going to get a year, though, Jay. That's what I'm saying, Keith. What Was he going to get six, seven games? Before I, we actually... I, I, think I, said, I think I said five or six a couple of weeks ago when they signed Tyrod Taylor. I said TT will be taking over five to six weeks into the season. But I also understand that from a Brian Dable position, and when you come in, you know, the GM of the Giants, now it's like, okay, great. We have a year to kind of see what this is, to scour the market, 
But so like I, I don't get I don't feel a need, even though there is a knee jerk reaction to I wanted the Giants to be good yesterday to I, rush this aspect just because there's a lot of QB movement right now. Like I'm still thinking about all right, let me evaluate what I have to a degree, even though I have an inkling that it's not going to work, but then I can go on next year and say, All right, great. Here's how here, now I can justify my moves. Here's one for you, Max. You ready for this? I'm one? ready. How about if they would have did this? Matt Ryan to San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo to Indy. Mm-hmm. If if Deshaun would have decided not to go to Atlanta early on and Jimmy G didn't get offseason surgery. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But Jimmy G, Jimmy G and Jimmy G without offseason surgery, if he's in, in, in with the Colts, well, I don't know. Are the Colts better off with Matt Ryan now, or let's say Jimmy G was healthy? Who's the better quarterback? Matt Jordan? Ryan. Matt Ryan better than Jimmy G. Yeah, but if I'm San Francisco, yeah, I would I would have tried to get Matt Ryan. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'd have tried to get Matt Ryan for a third round pick. But see, it's so weird because it's within the conference. That's the thing. The other thing I was but asking, but uh-huh. Atlanta ain't going nowhere, so they probably would have did that. I was asking on this Justin yesterday, as you know, two p.m. Eastern, handsome host. Yes, man. Uh, but I was, <laughs> I was asking. Every time, how long does that plug keep going? Till that guy stops being handsome. So, <laughs> well, that'll be like another week. He keeps getting better looking as he gets older. So, so I was asking, like, what, what's up? Why, like, Key? It just seemed like such a low price. Hold up, Atlanta eats all the money, and oh, you only got to give up a third round pick, and you got Matt Ryan. It seems like such a steal. Like, and and what I was told was Jeremy Fowler said around the league, there's a sense that Matt Ryan has lost enough arm strength. He, he can still do it, but it's not, you're not getting Matt Ryan, the name brand that you were getting, let's say, two years ago. Where do you think Matt Ryan is? And that may be true. He may have lost a little bit of arm strength. But, look, man, general managers sometimes or, or scouts that are evaluating this, they sometimes miss on certain situations. And a third-round pick is still high for a guy as old as Matty Ice. It's still high. I think it's – to me, it's a steal, and it makes so much the sense for steal. Indianapolis. Keyshawn J. Will and Matt's presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, my name is Max, not Matt's. I can't even say my Matt's. own Matt's. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Let's go to one NFL team who's got their franchise quarterback. When he's healthy, Kyler Murray looks like a superstar to me. We have – Calvin Beecham, that's uh, Kyler Murray's protection on that old line. Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee. Calvin, good morning. What's up, Cal? Good morning. Good morning. We're, we're gonna What's get up, Cal. Yep. What's happening? What's going on, brother? I just want you to know one thing: I am not your ex-teammate. <laughs> I am the original, the one and only <laughs> oh, Keyshawn Johnson. What? Yeah. Kelvin, Kel- though, I heard, I heard that you like to say that he was named after you. Well, he was named after me. What you mean? He's from he's from California. He wore number nineteen. He plays the same position as me. Like you, come on, man, stop that, Cal. <laughs> just a coincidence. Uh, man, I just want to just want to start the morning off with a little fire proud. That's all. <laughs> Kelvin, we're going to get to your humanitarian work and why today is such an important day to you in a second. What has this off season been like? Just watching all the quarterback movement around the league. 
Man, it's been wild, to be honest with you. Uh, it's been crazy to try to keep up. Um, you know, you've seen all types of forms of communication come into play. You've seen, you know, you are, you always just talking about Matty Ice, you know, a guy that's played in the, the National Football League for a long time. You know, you know, in essence, Atlanta had to tuck their tail and, 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 you know, about face. Um, so it's been crazy to, to see everything that, that's went down, over, you know, over the past couple of weeks. Kelvin, I, I, seeing all this movement, obviously you just talking about it, how much does it make you guys appreciate the fact that you guys have a guy like Kyler Murray? And I'm also curious, what kind of leader is he on the field? You know, I think you, you have to have an appreciation for stability. And I think as an organization, we do have that stability right now. Um, as it pertains to Kyler on the field, he loves to be competitive. He loves to lead. Um, and I think he's continuing to mature. Um, he's matured since I've gotten here, and that was in 2020. Um, I can see that maturation continuing to happen, the way in which uh, he spends time with his teammates um, outside of the building, uh, the way in which uh, he's asking more uh, of his teammates, uh, the way in which he's spending more time in the film room with the coaches. Uh, he's maturing. Um, he still has a ways to go, uh, but he start, he's, he's really starting to, to turn that corner of maturing and being uh, the franchise leader uh, that I think we all want to see uh, from him and, and from him for a long time. Kevin, how much re- reaction was there, you know, not necessarily in the locker room because it was the off season, but just around the team in different places with teammates when he decided he was going to scrub his social media of all cardinal things? Man, you know, the thing is, is it's the off season. Um, I'm spending time with my kids, and what's going on in social media is not the most pertinent thing to me. Um, I didn't get calls from guys saying, what is he doing? It's just, it's a, it's a grown man business. If that's how he wants to handle his business, that's how he wants to handle his business. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be him, his agent, and, and, you know, Mr. Bitwell figuring out how to find a way to get a deal done. Um, and hopefully they get that done behind closed doors, just like every other mega, get, mega deal gets done. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, he's young. Again, he's still learning. He's still maturing. Um, I think he's going to be somebody that, you know, the National Football League talks about for a long time. Um, but I think that's part of business as well, you know, to be able to get the best uh, deal for you while you're young. Uh, because you don't get too many bites at the apple, whether you're a quarterback or any other player, um, you know, along the roster. So, you know, he's going to make sure that he's he's uh, not only respected, but also, you know, paid uh, in conjunction with what the market is. Big Kel, when you when you heard all of the – negative things about his leadership and his poutiness and things like that. Now, you are a protector of his as his offensive tackle, one of his big dogs. How did that make you feel about your quarterback? I got to do a better job. I got to do a better job of making sure that he's protected in every, you know, shape, form, or fashion. Um, You know, we ride together, we die together. When we win him, everybody talks about how wonderful he is, you know, what type of magician he is. And, And when we're losing, they look at all the, the negative things. But as an offensive lineman, our job is not only to protect them on the field, but it's also to protect them off the field. And that means we got to do a better job of making sure that uh, he's protected, uh, he's cared for, um, and people know what type of person he is. He's a phenomenal dude. Uh, again, he is young, um, and he has some growing to, to, to still do. And we understand that, but I think that, that that's part you know, of, of playing in the National Football League. It's a young man's game. Um, and the ones that mature the fastest are the ones that you know, turn into some of the greats. And there's some greats around the National Football League, and I, I really do believe that he would be one of those greats um, as he continues to mature and mature not only on the field but also mature 
off the field and how he treats his teammates and how he leads um, and shows uh, people within the locker room how to lead. How, when you say he needs to – just very interesting to me what you're saying. Well, how does he need to mature? What is he doing in the locker room that you think he could do better there? You know, I really think it's just being able to understand who your teammates are, you know. Um, and I think you have a, a veteran-centric uh, locker room. So it's being able to understand how to be able – as a quarterback, how do you navigate all those relationships across the locker room, defensive relationships with veterans, offensive relationships with veterans. You have veteran receivers. You know, you had – in this past year, you had, you know, A.J. Green and, and, and D-Hop. Like, how do you navigate those things, you know? Christian Kirk is his age. You know, they they came they came in the league together. Who's now in Jacksonville? Chase Edmonds um, was his age. Who came into the league together? Those guys are no longer in the locker room. So now, how do you mature and build those relationships across the locker room? Because even though you know people say you know it's the X's and O's, things of that nature, in the National Football League, and I would say in any uh, sports profession, it's the relationships that build that chemistry and that bond that allows you to play at a very very high level. You know, uh, on Sundays, game in and game out. But it's the relationships that 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 are, are forged through training camp, through OTAs, through minicamp, uh, through some of the hardships of the season. They really put your team in the best position to be successful at the end of the season. But it's all due to how do you treat your teammates? How do you love your teammates? Um, how do you talk to your teammates? How do you spend time with your teammates? And that may seem, you know, very empathetic, but I would say the locker room is a very sacred place. And if you, if you can't win the, the hearts and minds of that locker room, you're not going to be able to be successful. Uh, long term, like I said, he's starting to understand how important those relationships are in a locker room, um, and that's the maturation that I wanted to continue to see in him. Because once he gets that, the sky's the limit, in my opinion. Mm. Walter Payton, Man of the Year nominee from the Arizona Cardinals, Kelvin Beecham joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Kel, I- I'm curious, you know, seeing Russell Wilson go to Denver, potentially having Jimmy G on the move. Do you finally feel? that your division has gotten somewhat easier? I, I, I know it's still the same hustle, it's still main t- mentality, but does it feel like the the path is a little bit more clear? I don't think so, because there are still phenomenal defenses in this division. You know, in San Francisco, that's probably one of the, the best or top five front four defenses um, in the National Football League. You still got uh, L.A., uh, who has, you know, I mean, Super Bowl champions, their defensive front. Is very talented. Their back end is very talented. Um, in Seattle, their back end is very talented, even though they just allowed, you know, Wagner to go. But they're still a, a defense that plays extremely well week in and week out. So I don't think, and I would say, you know, that's never the case in the National Football League that it ever gets easier. I think teams find a way to evolve and find a way to, to, to gravitate to the things that they do well and still find ways to be successful. But I would still say that the, the, the defenses in this division um, are still very, very uh, high-quality defenses. Um, and it's not going to get any easier, especially as the offense. And I know, you know, I'm thinking at it from an offensive standpoint of, of the defenses that we play. But, you know, Russell leaving and Jimmy G possibly being on the move, you know, those are great for our defense. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we still got to find a way to put up a lot of points. And there's still those defenses in our division uh, that are extremely stout. Calvin, you, you guys are losing Chandler Jones, who goes over to the Las Vegas Raiders. What Outside of replacing Chandler Jones, what do you need to do as a team, to finish the deal, get back to the playoffs, finally, you know, just be the, the, the Arizona team that we all sometimes think you can be? Yeah. I think it's just it's been able to execute in the most critical moments of the game. You know, that sounds very cliche and, and very simple, but that's the truth. You know, when, when we won games, you know, early in the year or even, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, we, we 
won a situational football. Um, and when we didn't win a situational football, we didn't win games. It's as simple as that. Um, it's no secret sauce. It's when the game is on the line, critical moments come up uh, as an offense, as a defense, as a special, you know, in, in the special teams phase. How do you execute in those critical moments? And if you're able to do those things consistently, week in and week out, you put yourself in the best position to be in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, you know, anything can happen. But in those playoffs, those moments are, are heightened. Um, and it's even more important to making sure that you're, you're winning a situational football. But I think for us, moving forward, you know, you know, we had, like I said, in 2020, we, we had a, you know, a solid year. We eight and eight. Last year we had, you know, a year where we were, you know, 10-plus wins, double-digit wins. Now it's like, how do we take it to the next level? And the next level is being on the details, executing in critical moments of the, uh, of the game, trusting the process that Cliff has put forth for us, and he's done that year in and year out. And then at the end of the day, when it's time to execute in those critical moments, we execute. Kelvin Beecham, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, uh, Kyler Murray's tackle. Uh, today is World Water Day, right? And, and you're announcing a commitment to fund a $30,000 plan to drill two clean water wells in Uganda. Can you tell us about this project and why it's so meaningful to you? You know, I've been doing some work um, uh, across the globe for a number of years. You know, it started here in America, being able to provide access uh, to food and and people who are food insecure uh, here in the States. And as I went and started doing things on a global scale, you know, you couldn't even talk about food because there was no access to water. Um, So with the, the funding that uh, I received as a Walter Payne Man of the Year nominee. I'm using that funding to now take it and, and go and drill uh, wells in Uganda. Um, you know, I went on a, on a World Vision trip uh, a couple years ago and got to see their work in Honduras. Uh, this is a couple years before the pandemic was supposed to go uh, in 2020, but things got shut down. So excited to be able to go back, um, you know, on the on the international front and be able to go serve in this particular capacity. Uh, because I think this is a basic, you know, human right at the end of the day to be able to have access to clean water. So Excited to serve in this regard. And like I said, it's great to be nominated uh, for the Walter Payton Man of Year nominee. But it's an even greater thing, in my opinion, to use the funds that we got as nominees and be able to put that back into communities um, where you know uh, the most vulnerable people sit across the globe. That's tremendous stuff. Thank you, Calvin Beecham. Appreciate you. That's dope, Calvin. Congrats, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's Legs Day. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, back with us. <laughs> it's Going, Legs Day. Yeah, we do that on I this show. I love channel. that. <laughs> the Nets' legs got another big performance from KD. Now Ben Simmons has a herniated disc? Yeah. That's bad. That's like permanent bad news. Do they have enough to compete in the Eastern Conference right now? Compete, yeah, but not get through it. I mean, I think you know, not having Kyrie available every night, not having Ben Simmons, it looks like potentially at all. I, I mean, the, the vibe I'm getting is don't expect to see Ben Simmons this season. Uh, and so if that's the case, great as Kevin Durant is, you're going to ask him to navigate, you know, every other game, every not really every other game in the playoffs, but you know what I mean. Half the games basically without Kyrie Irving, no Ben Simmons to guard, which is really would be his main purpose on that team. Not having that and get through Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, all of those teams and get to the finals. Yeah, that's no, too much to ask. Like see, if, you know, with Ben Simmons, even uh, I know this year seems like it's you know, negative that he probably will play. But this is something you worry about long-term yeah. for a guy who's 6'10", defensively always getting low to the ground. That's where he creates a lot of his plays. Like, this gives me bigger concern when I go back and I'm like, I know James Harden didn't want to be there. But, like, could you have repaired that relationship even if for a year because of the odds that would have given your team to win it this year with Kyrie playing just the row games? Yeah, look, I, that's a great question. And I think, you first of all, you're 100% right about – this starts to now, you hear things like this, you start to worry about Ben Simmons. Yes. The future in this league. Yes. Because what are the two things he primarily utilizes? His speed to create pace and his ability to guard five people. So you, you've got that situation with your back. And look, let's say he doesn't play this year. By the time he actually does step on the court again, you're talking about a year and a half removed from actually playing meaningful basketball. It just doesn't bode well. You hate to hear anybody have you know health issues, but... You know, it looks like we're going to have to wait at least a little while longer to see what that was going to look like in Brooklyn with Ben Simmons. Legs, you know, Ben Simmons, right? Kyrie issue, Ben Simmons out. Is the door, now hear me out, is the door starting to look like it could potentially be closing on these Brooklyn Nets if they don't get things going quick, fast, and hurry? Yeah, I think the problem is nowadays the windows are so tight to keep guys together, right? So, so yes, there's no question about it. If this ends up with another early exit for the Brooklyn Nets, who knows? Who knows what happens with that team in the offseason? Look, Ben Simmons is locked up for a while, but Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, I mean, the way the wind blows in this league now with superstar players, Key, they could change their mind at any time and realize, you know what, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And now I'm going to go hunt down the next opportunity to pair up with player X to go try to win somewhere else. So, yes, um, you know, when you fail two years in a row, and I feel bad for Steve Nash. Think about it. This is nothing like the job he anticipated he was going to have. He has never had all the pieces at his disposal. We still don't even know if Steve Nash has the ability to navigate that kind of talent and win because of what he's been dealt with. So I feel, I feel bad for him more than anybody and what he's tried to pull off. But, yeah, Key, there's no question. I mean, if they fail again this year and they're home early, 
you start to doubt a lot of things. See, speaking of a coach who has the pieces trying to navigate if they can win, and we're still questioning that, I, I go down I-95 to the 76ers. And one of the things I've started to see lately, Legs, that I, I was talking to Max and Key and Evan about the other day is that, in a way, James Harden is starting to remind me of Russell Westbrook, right? Like, in a way, I'm like, okay, like, they're, they're going to change a little bit offensively. But what I've been seeing lately is that in the fourth quarter, especially against the Raptors, it became where everybody started standing around and watching the James Harden show. Whereas last night, they didn't have James Harden or Joel Embiid. The ball just kept moving. It kept. That's how they played before James Harden. And it makes me wonder, how will Doc Rivers handle that aspect of James Harden down the stretch? Because that could be detrimental to their offense. Difficult thing. I call it Harden-centric. And that's what it looked like the other night. And it, it's looked like that at other times since they've been together. And you have Joel Embiid on your team. He needs to be the primary focus. The problem with that is, and this is what they're starting to find out, if you make him be the primary focus of possessions, particularly in tight games in the fourth quarter, problem with James Harden is he is not going to spot up and shoot the ball. He's horrible off the He's ball. He's going by the to way. spot up, and when it comes to him, he is then going to have to put it down six, eight, ten times. So it's just a different way of operating. Normally, when you go into the post to a player that dominant, you're expecting there to be action on the double team coming out to a shooter or a guy that's a quick catch and drive what into is the that, gut. Legs, Jay, what is that? Why can't a guy – if a guy can do all these moves and score from anywhere, why can't, he just, why can't he just spot up and shoot? He likes to put it down. Some guys want to put it down and feel the ball coming off the floor. They want to get a feel for the handle. They want to set you up. Think about it. When he was playing with even Chris Paul – in Houston, like when it wasn't his turn, what does James Harden do? He stands out by the logo move. with his hands on his hips. I mean, he's not going to go, hey, James, listen, it'd be really great if you could just like maybe go cut through the lane and get to the weak side of the floor. Or go set a cross screen for somebody or a back screen and pop it. He doesn't do any of those things. It's I'm going to initiate action or I'm going to watch on this possession. And that's why they're going to have some problems until they figure out what is their identity going to be to close games. And you saw it the other night. He had four turnovers in the fourth quarter because he's playing against a loaded defense with a live dribble, and B doesn't even know exactly now, where do I go with this guy? I've never played with a guy quite like it. So I'm not giving up on them, yeah. but, man, do they need to figure some things out here and in a hurry. Well, Max, to your point, it's a small detail that I feel like people, if you don't pay attention to the details of basketball, you may not recognize. Not a lot of guards can be catch-and-shoot guys and do it off the dribble. Like it's not something that everybody can do. Steph can it's do called it. a not Steph can do can it, do it yeah. but it's called a, a lot of guys need to find. It's called like a pace dribble, a yeah. rhythm dribble. Like oh, I need to feel the ball go down because that's that makes them they shoot a higher percentage off the dribble than they do catch and shoot. And I feel like that's what James Harden is. Here's the one thing about Harden we need to watch at this stage of his career with all the mileage and the usage. He doesn't blow by guys as easily. The shots are tougher that he takes down. The step back three is not quite as reliable as it used to be. He's not shooting nine free throws a night by getting fouled on that play either. So all of that means his efficiency has come down like guards do at this age, particularly Mm -hmm. use that much. And now you wonder, what is that going to look like when they have to win one possession games against teams like Milwaukee, Miami, Boston even? It's going to be difficult. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks, Legs. Another great one who wears number 99 – being completely underrated. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. My entire life, I can't remember a time. Maybe there was a year here or there, Key, Jay. Key and I are about the same age. Jay, you're a little yeah. younger. But I don't think... Young like, whippersnapper. Even <laughs> when the Bulls were winning championships... That, that was the best team in the league, but then the next three best teams were all in the West. It was the Jazz, it was the Sonics, it was the Suns, you know? And then the Knicks might have 52 wins. Those teams that have 60, 55, like every year. But now, is the East, Jay, is the East better than the West right now? Oh, yeah, top to bottom, yes. Key East better than the West right now? the question. It, it, it shifted because of injuries. Only because of the injuries. That's the only reason I believe it shifted. But the, the Nets also have injuries, right? That might be the I mean, best the, team in the league. The if Miami Heat had injuries. I mean, the Bucks had injuries. Like, a lot of teams have had, had injuries. Had versus have. Let's put it this way. That, that might maybe Denver got knocked down a lot by injuries. Clippers got knocked down a lot by injuries. Exactly. Lakers yeah, got late, knocked down. That's by the what way, I'm saying. Wait, wait yeah. Clippers have saying. always been injured. Clippers have yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Let's be honest yeah. about that. Yeah. So, like, that's that's been ongoing. I, I do agree with the point about Denver, though. Jamal Murray, yeah. Michael Porter Jr., even though Michael Porter Jr. has had back issues before he signed that crazy deal. But I, I think there are a couple teams, but I still think as it relates to depth, like the Miami Heat, you talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets. Like I still think depth it still the goes Bulls, to the Eastern the, Conference. just the like Bulls, a lot yes. of good teams. It's just so what? So injuries is one explanation. But I wonder what is like, because look, the Western Conference teams usually have the warm weather cities, the no tax states, right? Like there were various reasons people could point to to say, oh, this is why the Western Conference is better. It just seems like so it's about, always better. Let's so talk about this. Changed. All right. You guys answer these questions. I, I, the Boston Celtics could win the East this year. No. You guys agree? Mm-hmm. Chicago Bulls still in contention, even though you may think they'd be off in contention, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, you talk 76ers, Bucks, Miami Heat. Brooklyn yep. Nets, if they if some somehow Kyrie comes back, yeah, ha- even half the games with Kyrie, they're uh, live. So you yeah. got seven. So then go to the West: Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. yeah, Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. Memphis yep. Grizzlies, yep, yep, Utah Jazz, yeah. nope, Dallas Mavericks, mm-hmm. nope, Denver Nuggets, 
Nope. Timberwolves? No. Okay, so that's seven to really realistically two, three in the Western Conference. Six Although or I seven teams Keith, can win I the I see East. Key's point because if, if the Clippers were healthy, I hear your point too about the injury history. If they were healthy, they'd be in the mix. If, if Denver was healthy, they'd be in the Five. mix. I think if the Lakers were healthy, they might be in the mix. No AD all year, basically. That's the same, that, I mean, that's the same thing as we talked about before with Kawhi. It's AD. Come on, man. Pace dribble. It's all, he's, he's always hurt. What do you mean? Pace dribble. Get, find Pace that rhythm. Dribble. We need to use find that, that rhythm, baby. Feature in the show somehow. <laughs> you voted at KJ and Max on Twitter, and we listen. It's time for Choose Your Own Adventure. We asked you to vote on what we talk about at 945. You produce the show here. Here are the options. SEC coaching carousel, 14.5% voted for that. NHL trade deadline, almost 22% voted for that. It's higher than I thought it would be. Zion or Dame in New York City, 26%. But at 37.5%, the the winner is who's Aaron Donald? Football's king. (laughs) You know the guy who just won the Super Bowl? (laughs) Who's Aaron Donald? You know, like in the conversation for greatest player who ever lived on the defensive side? You mean I got 99 problems and Aaron Donald is all of them? Is all all of them. Oh, who's Aaron Donald? It's a reference to... Well, it's Urban Meyer. The Athletic reported, key, Urban Meyer said he can, or or, or excuse me, they conducted a six-month deep dive into the NFL that included interviews with Urban Meyer's former uh, Florida and Ohio State players, as well as a study of the salary cap, right? Multiple sources said Urban Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the league, including 49ers receiver Debo Samuel, Seahawks safety Jamal Adams, and one of the best players you will ever see play football, Aaron Donald, a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl champion. He had to be joking, right, Key? No, man, he wasn't joking. He probably really, honestly, you got to think, man. First of all, he was college, right? Most of his time was spent on Saturdays. And on Sundays, he was game planning for the week coming up in college. So he, he probably just... What and not paying a whole lot of attention to pro football. Even when he became a coach, he was probably just dialed into his team. I've been around guys that you sit there and you go, how the hell are you a general manager? I remember Jerry Angelo, who was the general manager of Chicago Bears. And at this time, he was a scout with us at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we were standing doing training camp, all in a little huddle, talking or whatever. And he walked over to us, and we were talking about the Indianapolis Colts and Edron James. And he said to us, he was like, oh, you know, I didn't really realize how good that uh, that guy, 32, when he was at Miami. And, you know, I never really watched him play much. And we was like, you're getting ready to be the Chicago Bears general manager, and you did not know who Edron James was? Like, seriously? To be fair, the Bears haven't won a Super Bowl since 85, so maybe that makes some sense. What is just, it's ridiculous, though. Ridiculous! How could he not know who Aaron Donald is? But I don't even put this on Urban Meyer. I put this on, I put this on Shaq Khan. I mean, you're the owner of your team. How do you, how do you not bet guys well enough to understand that they don't know what the landscape is around the league before you give them the damn job, Key? But, Jay, if I, okay, so here we go. So if I owned an NBA team, and I took you from ESPN right now, and I said, Jay, you're getting ready to be my general manager. Mm-hmm. 
I'm automatically assuming you know who the damn uh, Steve Nash is or or LeBron James or what's, what's that word when, you, when what's that line associated with when, when you assume like, yeah I said you or me like all I'm saying is that I yes, wouldn't but assume think about anything it. no key but think about it this is your profession so I'm going to assume you know who Steph Curry is how could you not know <laughs> well this this story in the athletic by the way not knowing who Aaron Donald is is like the least of it, actually. The, apparently, from the reporting, when they claimed to talk to multiple sources, right, it, it was a toxic, toxic environment in Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, bad key. Like, Urban yeah. My, like, all the worst things you think about what would happen with a college coach if he thinks he could talk to grown men that way and everything and, yep. and, and tried bullying and intimidation and no uh, – I mean, it's it was bad. Bad in Jacksonville. I think, I think it was a money grab for him. I never, ever thought that he bought all in from day one that this is really what he wanted to do, become a college, I mean, a NFL head coach, because he's really a lifer in the college spectrum. And he just was never dialed in like that. Like, I, he didn't want it. You know how you want something? Mm-hmm. He didn't want it. He wanted the money, and that was pretty much it. It was given to him. It wasn't yet taken by him. That's interesting. He got the money. but No, he didn't get the money. He's in a fight for that. Oh, that's right. He's got to fight for it now. He got some of it. Uh, I mean, when you're making what he was making, he, he, those paychecks are pretty big while they lasted. I think, like, the Aaron Donald thing is still mind-boggling to me that that could be real. I just assumed he was That has joking. to be fake. Like, that, I can't. I'm telling you, man, you'd be surprised. Because cause here's my thing, Key. Even if you didn't know, why would you say it out loud? Like, if I don't know something on the show, I'm not going to be like, well, but I'm like, could you actually been, do could some you, research about this first before I open my damn does mouth? It say so, does it say something about Aaron Donald's level of fame because he hadn't yet won a Super Bowl? Like, I can't imagine when I was a kid, any college coach in the world not knowing who the, Lawrence Taylor was. He's, the be- he's been the best defensive tackle in the NFL for the last six years. No doubt. And how you not going to know who he is? Yeah, no, right, yeah. right. So I have to assume he knows who he is. When I'm, that's what I'm saying. When I was a kid, I don't think there was a football person alive who didn't know the name Lawrence Taylor, right? How could you not know the, how could you not know the name Aaron Donald? Maybe even to the point, even to the point, Jay and Max, that much like you know, Jay, you take clips from other players and show them to your team. Yep. Even when you're in college, I'm sure – Larry Johnson Sr., who was the defensive line coach at Penn State, who went to Ohio State, has clips of Aaron Donald that he shows to the defensive room mm-hmm. at Ohio State. I am almost 100% sure of that. So he had to be messing around. He had to be joking. He could just have a brain fart. Maybe, maybe that was it. But, I mean, all that, but even if he was messing around, that being additive to all the other things that were occurring, the bullying, your, your reputation doesn't excuse that. You know, for most people, they, they have a legit reputation in the locker room. Yeah. If they're a good stand-up individual, like, oh, yeah, he was joking around. Right? Hey. There's not a body of evidence that was suggested. But now we start thinking, oh, about how inept he's been and with how his ability to run an organization combined with the bullying. On top of that, you're like, this actually could be real. Other than kicking the kicker, no pun intended. Kicking the um, kicker. What else was he bullying? Like, what did he do, Max? Like, bullying. He, 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 he was doing stuff, according to the reporting in The Athletic. He was, and there are some guys putting their names on it, like DJ Shark put his name on it, right? But he, the, impossible to succeed. 
they said he was doing things like taking guys out of game, blaming, blaming it on positional coaches. He'd, be, he'd do something, then he, he would deny it, and then players would have video of him saying the thing that he was denying on their phone in the meeting, and he's denying it. He's, telling, he's insulting people's intelligence. He's, telling, he's making jokes about like players from the South to Trevor Lawrence, who's from there. You're like, Pretty much saying, that, hey, guys, like you wouldn't make any money outside the NFL. You would yeah. make minimum wage. You're, you're $15. Now. And, and, and like doing it, he thought apparently the way to run the ship was through fear and intimidation. And so he lost the veterans who weren't going to be scared, is my assumption. Uh, yeah, and then the other guys who want to play right. for him. Your assumption is 100% right. When you try to instill fear in front of veterans, that's the one, one thing that I always try to tell coaches and coaches, you will get your ass whooped messing around with a veteran player or a player who makes a lot of money, dealing with them and talking down to them and treating them as such as their kids, they will do something to you. So you must behave a certain way when talking to them. In college, you can intimidate and fear because college kids are trying to make it. You have their livelihood in your hands. Professional athletes that make money, man, they'll tell you to go pound sand and kick rocks in a heartbeat. But I think some some of the – some of the players who hadn't made money yet, is my assumption, were getting shook up because of how ruthless he was being, right? And oh, then, yeah. And then you're going to lose the dudes making money. Like, like to play football, and Key, you did it at the highest possible level, you've got to be willing to run through brick walls. If you're already getting paid, if this veteran got a lot of guaranteed money coming, and there are other teams who'd love to have him, right? Why would he ever play for a coach who did that? That's in, in, in mm-hmm. when you always joke with me about Bill Parcellian. Mm-hmm. That's why Bill Parcells is respected by all his players, especially the good ones. They respect him because he always treated you. And even if he was mean to you, he came and gave you a kiss on the cheek and gave you a hug and put his arms around you and let you know why he was trying to get the best out of you. That, Key, what you may mention right there, like that is real leadership. Hey, I can break you down. But I also build you back up in the same process. And when it's one directional, when it's just about breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, why would you want to fight? Why would you want to work harder Ooh, for somebody that all to, they do is just break you down? I'd have mm-hmm. loved to play for Urban Meyer, though. <laughs> and we'd, as had a a really, we'd had a really good time. I would have loved to see it. <laughs> I would have loved that. Great loved reality to, to hear the stories right now. <laughs> oh, that had been so good. You know what? Some guys also do that to guys they think they can get away with it. Yep. With, 100%. You know? Yeah. All right. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Greeny coming up next. We are back 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.